0: Episode 34. Yeah. yeah. We
1: made it through Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, somehow. Yeah. We have a uh, very very special guest.
1: Not just a very special guest. A very very special guest. That's
0: right. We have Brian Guitarbot 666
2: Slayer. <laughs> guitar extraordinaire, Mason. Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk me up too much. <laughs> that was... <laughs> be disappointed. <laughs> that was one of my favorite nights
0: ever. We can talk about that later, but... Okay.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> shitty grin on oh, his face. It. Like, he was standing behind me taking video. And, like, I, I turned it. around, he was like a six-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he could not get enough of that show.
2: That yeah. was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely one of the more memorable shows, for sure.
1: <laughs> that was a lot of fun that night. So, where do we want to start? We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Um... So you play guitar? Yes. When and how did you start playing guitar? Like, what inspired you?
2: I was really shitty at drums.
1: <laughs> so you tried drums first?
2: <laughs> yeah, sixth grade. I was a drummer. Um, I had a little set, and I was in the band. Sixth grade.
1: Oh, uh, I love band. it.
2: Band. And uh, I just couldn't get my hands and feet to do
1: things but they together. Were supposed to. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I played bass because it seemed simple for like another like a year after that and then i just was like i need a guitar the bass is boring me not that the bass is a boring instrument no but i get it me. yeah yeah and uh i just picked it up really quick and uh locked myself in my bedroom for a couple of years almost literally and learned how to play guitar
1: that is fantastic so did are you self-taught uh
2: i took lessons for about six months um when I first picked it up just to learn the basics and then the rest was listening to like Ingvan Malmsteen and sitting there with tablature guitar for the practicing musician yeah. magazines and looking at all the tablature and learning songs um, and just getting the feel and the mimic mimicry of it all. And yeah. Just uh, yeah, that's how I learned. I was just reading and practicing and reading and practicing. That's and cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, what was um, the first band you were in as a guitarist? Uh,
2: I was 15, and I believe my... Yes, my very first show was A Battle of the Bands at USA Skates. (laughs) And this would have been 87. (laughs) I think, yeah, 87. And I was in a Metallica Iron Maiden cover band. Oh, that's so cool. I can't remember the name of the band. It's... uh, but, it, yeah, it was fun. Uh, like, uh, Master of Puppets, no, and Justice for All had just come out, I yeah. think, at that point. So we played one, you know. We, we played all the stuff that was really cool and a couple Iron Maiden songs. And So we won. We were a cover band, and we won the Battle of the Bands. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I did that for eh, maybe a year or so. And then uh, we were, there was a band, a local band around here who I actually did not like at all. I thought they were a terrible band. Um, And the manager, yes, we had a manager uh, (laughs) from that Metallica cover band, also managed this other band, and I won't give the name, but most people know who it is. (laughs) And uh, she's like, you're gonna play guitar for this band. Their their guitar player is moving to Arizona. I'm like, I don't like them. She's like, I don't care. You can play it, you're gonna do it. So. I did that for a couple of years and it was miserable the whole time because the other guys in the band were older than me by, you know, 10 years, which was quite a bit older. When yeah. You know, yeah, 16, at that 17 age, years yeah. old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I did that for a little bit and that was actually good because we played out a lot and it was during the Penny Arcade heydays when there was, you know, you could play on a Thursday night and pack the place. Yep. And, um, so it was a good experience and the band was popular, um, But then between personal issues and substance issues with other members, the band just had to to die. Yeah. So uh, after that, I didn't do anything for a good six, seven years.
1: Really? Yeah. And what sparked you to get back into
3: it?
2: I had moved to Florida. I lived there for two years in 92, 92 through 94. I lived in Florida. The only time I picked up my guitar was to move it out of the way. I never didn't (laughs) play it once. Not once. And uh, I came back now. Florida's a little bit behind every other state as far as music goes, yeah. Like, so when you know, Florida was still all death metal, and I come up here and people are telling me about corn. Mm -hmm. And you know, my best friends who are complete shredders are playing in new metal bands. Sorry, I know you don't like that term. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? I'm like, I have no interest in this scene whatsoever. Yeah. I didn't know there was this whole other scene going on at the time with lethargy and yeah. big hair. and all. I didn't know none of yeah. that was going on. And uh, that took me a couple more years to find out. And uh, so I, I started a little band with some friends of mine. It ended up being way more lame than I expected it to be. And it just wasn't... It wasn't fun jam. at all. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. my jam at all, but I kept doing that for a little bit. And then uh, within Lost Your Guitar Player, and I was jamming with some guys in that one project from the band Within, and that's when my musical career in Rochester really started up. So was that so like late that was, 90s? Yeah, that was probably 98, 99. Okay. Yeah. And um, so... Yeah, we got together with Within, and we started pumping out uh, new songs and recorded a couple albums of which one was released. And, uh, yeah, so from there, everything just kind of took off.
1: And then what? <laughs> yeah, because you're no, in, mean, like, a ton to, of shit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, Good luck gets, with this timeline. Yeah, then it gets crazy. <laughs> uh within had to do a hiatus for a couple of reasons so me and a couple other guys from within started a band called Holden and uh we were a little bit more poppy um we put out a three song uh i think we just released it on tape if i remember correctly but we put out a three song and we played a few shows um but it wasn't it that was with uh the drummer from uh, Tony Castronova from Bug House was in that band. Okay. Um, Charlie, the other guitar player from Within, and Charmer, is was in that band. And our singer, Adam, was in that band. And we got a um, bass player, Ron, who was just a really good bass player. So it was a little bit, we played like Weezer covers, just thrown in there, but we'd also have her, you know, we, it was about, it was hard to explain. It was just down tuned, not super proggy, you know, Within was the super proggy, uh, Noty stuff. Yeah, this was a little bit more
1: like that catchy. 90s. It was it
2: was a little bit closer to Charmer, but with aggressive vocals. Okay. So, I was doing that, and then when that just kind of fizzled out because of schedule issues with practicing and stuff like that. Um, and by the time that had fizzled out, Within was available to come back into the picture again. So I was doing Within, and then. I see Toby from Bug House jamming with my friend Ronnie Lickers, who was in Fuel and Nickel and you know a bunch of bands like that, Cheese, um, um, exceptional drummer, and they were jamming in a little band. So before or after their practice and after my within practice, I would come down there and just jam with them for a little bit. We'd just write little ditties. That ended up being BML.
4: Oh. And that was
2: like 2002. Late 2002 is when we started BML. And um, so with, I was doing within a BML, but BML was just a kind of like a silly little side project. It, was, it wasn't, we weren't taking anything seriously. We didn't think anybody would take us seriously. We wrote like four songs real quick. We played them at a couple open jams and people went nuts over them. And uh, at that point within was breaking up, so BML became my full-time project for almost 15, 16 years. Wow. 15 years, about, yeah. So we did, um, we had a little, like, one-year break, but within that one-year break, we had, like, four reunion shows. (laughs) (laughs) Which we still get made fun of for these days. (laughs) People are still asking us about more reunion shows now that we've broken up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that just last w- week, actually.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. Uh, but yeah, BML was just—it was a funky, happy instrumental. It was progressive, but it wasn't shreddy progressive. It you know it was like fun, happy, um, like music you could just like I don't know. Snap your fingers too. That kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, it's good stuff. <laughs> and uh, so we always try to keep it fun, and we just did a bunch of like, we had a whole bunch of weird ideas for shows, and that we would try, and sometimes they'd fail. And um, we were very experimental with trying new things and trying to get uh, like people to be interested in the the showmanship of yeah. the show. So we'd have like cheerleaders, and one time in, uh, yeah, that was. Very interesting. <laughs> that's that's a, a, a tale that could take up an hour. But, uh, <laughs> and one time we had a freak show, and it failed miserably. People were not liking the freak show. Really? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. no they did, that did not get a good response. They were getting booed up on stage, and I felt terrible oh, for Oh, no. Um, what kind of freak show? It, it was like, you know, uh, suspensions and, you know, the really weird uh, poking needles through your cheeks and that, hmm. that kind of stuff um, fire blowing and you know so yeah the, and during that BML stuff I'd get bored and I would do something on the side so at one point I was in a band called Old Old Boy which was basically an indie rock country band oh, which is what it started at
1: hold on I gotta update my notes here <laughs>
2: <laughs> so old boy was uh that's like 2006 2007 um old boy it, it was andy schmitz from bug house and he's also a singer from charmer yep um a bunch of acoustic stuff that he wrote and we just added the band element to it and it was originally the bass player from gaylord jeff steverson played bass for it todd kratz ended up replacing him um uh, Grimy. I don't know if you know, guys know Grimy or not, but he's a legendary drummer around here, and he played drums. And uh, my buddy uh, Dano played uh, electric guitar and banjo and stuff like that. So it was really like indie rock kind of yeah. stuff, which is I always like to get out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and um, do things that who knows what's going to happen. You know, that's yeah. cool. So yeah. And I've always kind of been like that. Like, BML is my comfort zone. Anything else I've ever done has not been my comfort zone.
1: Really? Yeah. That's interesting. That's
2: cool. That's how you grow, though, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: So, we started the episode with a BML song, uh, Fried Chicken Pick It Up. And that was off of the indicative of obnoxious behavior CD. And we're going to play a couple more songs right now, right?
1: Yeah, we're going to break. We're going to go into Within with Life in My Parents' Basement off of The Way, The Truth, The Light. And then we're going to go into Old Boy. The song is Darkness off of Tears in His Eyes, I guess.
2: doing the old boy thing for a bit and that fizzled out and uh started a band well i didn't start i actually joined wait uh, so
1: did old boy play out
2: old boy played yeah probably like five or six shows oh, okay. total. yeah all right um so
1: we're still in the early 2000s at this point
2: this is yeah 2006 2007 okay
1: so later there, 2000s yeah. okay
2: and all this time bML's is going on and uh, now the timeline starts to get fuzzy for me 2007 <laughs> 2007 i joined silaco so i was doing silaco and bml at the same time eric was looking for another guitar player because he was singing and you know he just wanted more power yep. on the guitar stuff and so i joined silaco
1: how did you know eric did you know eric
2: yes um i think i originally well i've known of eric forever because he's you know yeah, local legend eric. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then at that point you know i have plenty of time to know lethargy and all that stuff but uh because within was happening around the same time sulaco was starting eric was jamming in the same room uh, with okay. me as within was all So right. i think that's when i first started actually like I'm sure i talked to him many a time before then but that's when we started actually, connecting. like yeah, connecting Yeah, connecting so um uh yeah so i was joining sulaco i was doing the bml thing and everything bml broke up for that one time and then slaco <laughs> was going to go on hiatus for a little bit and any reason i think eric was, it was i think it was brutal truth they, they were kind of working on that record or okay. something at the, or, or a tour or something. So he wanted to take like a little hiatus. And BML was just getting back together again at that point. And we were writing new material. So I was just like.
1: So it worked out for everyone. Yeah.
2: And I was just like, guys, you know, it doesn't seem like Sulaco is going to be a thing. You know, that's what I had in my head. I thought Sulaco was done at that point. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm just in my mind. I'm like, I'm just going to let this. I'm going to let that go. I'm just going to quit Sulaco and I'm going to do BML full time. And it turned out that the hiatus never happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, f- and for years, I got asked why I quit Sulaco. And my only answer is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but during all that, while that was going on, I joined Philo Beto. Mm. which was right, hold on, hold on. another Todd Kratz
4: band.
2: <laughs> all right. So Philo Beto was about Southern rock, country, as you can get, blues. Uh, just imagine Todd Kratz-style music. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, and that was really fun. But um, I did that for a couple of years, and things were... Sometimes, it just seems like sometimes a band isn't feeling right. Like there's a myth disconnect somewhere within yeah. the band. It's not necessarily a person, but it could be, you know, dynamic. A, a dynamic or something's affecting someone's life somewhere and they're, yeah. they're not fully there. Yeah. So that project kind of fizzled out. When, when it did fizzle out, they came back together and became Clyde, you
5: ah, know, like okay. a year later. Yeah, we uh, know
2: Clyde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the same project. They just decided to go metal instead of doing this other okay. stuff. that they. Um, so I was just doing BML full time at that point. And that was my so only you project. weren't part of Clyde? No. Okay. No. But um, yeah, it was basically the same members, but with a different guitar player replacing me. Okay. The, uh, Greg Betters, who was a fantastic dude. Um, yeah, the timeline again is just super yeah. <laughs> fuzzy here. <laughs> um, at that same time, Katrarian came into my life. Actually, Katrarian came into my life probably in the late 2000s, well, 2009, 2010. But it was just songs on guitar. There was no drummer. There was no band available at that time. So I learned a few songs, but nothing ever became of it until like four or five years later when Jim said, well, I got George from Nile to do that, um, to do the drums and his buddy Ed to play bass. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we just got to find a singer who ended up being Ryan from It alive for the first record or the first EP, I should say. And, uh, so he was like, finally, I'm like, I forgot about these songs. I don't remember how to play them. I don't remember anything about these songs because I had learned them five years prior. And then, you know, you're coming to me five years later. Right. Going, you know, <laughs> it's
1: like new music. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So um, he's just like, well, let's just do it. We'll see what happens. Let's have fun. So I did that. And the first EP got, because George Colise's name is attached to it, you know, it did fairly well. Um, it's not the best produced or recorded <laughs> record ever. <laughs> I mean, as far as playing goes, I was yeah. very. Li- I have a habit with Contrarian to take the day off of work and learn the songs before the day before, <laughs> and then put uh, poor Doug White through torture and having to relearn the songs when I'm in recording. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the last album, I didn't have to do that. I recorded those at home, but um, yeah. So Contrarian was going on at that point. Did a couple of records with them, and it was still going with BML at the time. Uh, BML was doing well, but we were fizzling a little bit. Ronnie was our, our drummer. He's an exceptional singer, an exceptional guitar player. He had his little solo project going that was doing really well, and we were after that many years struck. We were trying to. We found ourselves trying too hard to write instrumental music yeah. so that was interesting. It didn't feel natural anymore. We recorded our last album, and then everything after that felt really forced. forced. Yeah. yeah. So we made the wise decision. We were like, we've done this 15 years. It's been great, guys. Thumbs up. See ya.
1: And on a high note. Mm.
2: And on a high note. And it was literally the day that I announced it that Eric Berg messaged me and said, you're back in Slako again. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's... That worked out perfectly with Charmer because Charmer at the time was almost a grindcore band
0: with really? a different
2: guitar player and a different singer, and uh, actually all the songs from the first from the first EP we put out are from that era, but they had super aggressive vocals over them originally.
4: Huh.
2: And um, they were practicing. Chris, Chris from Slotko played drums for Charmer. Yep. Um, my stuff was already up there and they were losing their guitar player. The singer moved out to California and they mentioned Andy Schmitz was going to sing and I love Andy. He was in Bug House and they did the old boy thing with him and all that. Um, He was in Temperamental Falcons. He's just a great songwriter. Very good at writing hooks vocally and everything. So when he he was in, I was just like, I'm in. I'm going to do this. This is what I you know this is what I want to do yeah so I got Charmer and Slaco going and uh, those are my two main projects and I still have Contrarian as my side project which is a completely different feel to me now than it did you know four or five years ago when it started yeah but, um, I definitely uh, consider Contrarian one of my bands even though it's officially a side project um,
1: so you just recently went on tour with them though
2: yeah, in August, we went on tour with Narcotic Wasteland and Pathology.
1: And how was that?
2: It was great. Yeah? Yeah. Did I mean, you like was, being on tour? It was, Well, uh, we were only out there with them for a week, which a week, it's about, it takes about a week for you to get comfortable being on tour. Um, that first week is a lot of being tired, a lot of sleeping terribly. Oh, yeah. And uh, it takes a lot of getting used to. So by the time we were all really comfortable and being like, gung ho, we had to stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're working on new tours right now, actually. Contrarian. Contrarian. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And, uh, you know, we went on tour and we had a touring drummer and a touring bass player. And we got Cody, our old singer, back to do vocals. And it just felt like family. It was the camaraderie was there. Felt like a band. That's one of my things about all my bands is there's a camaraderie. Yeah. Um, there's no egos anywhere. There's no, there's nobody have to fight about anything. It's just like, everyone's like super easy and Slacco's like that. Charmer's like that. And Contrarian is like that. Yeah. With, uh, Bryce on drums and Bill on bass. It's, uh, it's definitely, it feels much better to me now. Good. So, and, and it never felt bad to me. I think the last album we did was incredible, um, with George singing and George playing drums but I think it's time to change things up anyway. Yeah. We get accused of being a death ripoff band, which isn't necessarily far off. (laughs) Um, I mean, we definitely have that old school 90s metal. It's not an insult either. No, not at all. No, but some people, you know, they do it as an insult, and I get it, you know. I mean, it's it's very melodic metal, and... um, I love death. That was one of my Absolutely. favorite metal bands. All time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm okay with that. And that, that's the only band I get the rip solos on now these days. So, um, no, it's, it's fun, but, uh, I feel like it's time to, to change it up a little bit. And Cody's got a little bit more aggressive guttural vocals. And, uh, I already have ideas for when it's my turn to record for the new record to really get some, um, a harder punch to the record. Oh, I guess, that's good. The, that's cool. And, uh, and shred some really good solos in there
1: is that in the works yes that's cool yeah do yeah. you guys have any idea on a release or you're not it quite be there
2: yet 2020 for sure um we already have a producer uh figured out and uh, we're working on who's going to do the mastering but uh we're looking at neil kernan to do all that stuff right now that's cool and um yeah, so the guitar, uh, Jim's guitar is done, and we're going down to Dallas for to, Bryce to do drums um, at the beginning of January, and then the rest Oh, just, so soon. Yeah, and then the rest should be all wrapped up probably by the end of February, March, somewhere around there, and then just a matter of getting it mixed and mastered and for uh, Willow Tit to put it out. That's awesome. And uh, So hopefully end of 2020, there'll be a new guitarian record. Uh, more importantly for me... New Solaco releases. Oh, we're really for excited. For 2020. Yeah, we're really excited <laughs> yeah. about
1: that. So, Solaco is one of our favorite bands to see because we know you're having a ton of fun.
0: I get the sense they take the band very seriously, but maybe not themselves. Take themselves very seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. Is, I mean,
2: we got a bunch of ball busters yeah, in that band. It's really cool. I mean, if you look at our uh, cover photo on our Facebook page, we're all like smiling at each other and looking back at each other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, you know, we don't want that whole brick wall photograph tough guy persona. Yeah, right. So when we're on a stage, uh, you know, it's like whatever happens, happens. If We see somebody we want to goof on or we'll just make fun of them if on stage, yeah. you know, or we'll rip on each other. You know, Chris dropped a stick. <laughs> <You> know, whatever. <laughs> Brian played a wrong note <laughs> again. <laughs> so it's, um, and that's, you know, Charmer to, a Charmer's kind of the same way to a lesser degree charmer's got a lot of quiet people in the band including me (laughs) so it's uh you know it's a little less uh uh crazy silly but uh some of the things that andy says on stage is funny i mean he he, you can't take anything seriously when andy's on stage so and I, i really like that i don't like that whole we're a bunch of tough guys watch me play metal yeah um it's not that i hate that i don't i'll sit there and watch people do that all day it's just that i don't want to That's not the persona i want to look like i'm having a blast up there i want to be smiling yeah and uh and i think it's been like that since bml days because bml kind of set me up to that whole fun kind of thing so um that's what i really like is just looseness and you know if there's a major screw up hairs you know whatever you know p- people know that we're good you yeah. know <laughs> yeah. and luckily there hasn't been anything major in a long time but uh we haven't had to stop anything but yeah i mean slaco is i'm in the band as a fan our singer jay i think everybody is a fan of the band you know that's in that band so um even if there's, there's like times when we just can't do anything or, uh, you know, Eric's off to, on tour or, uh, you know, whatever, it's like, then we just can't wait to get back mm-hmm. into yeah. it again. So with Jay, I mean, we've been secretly recording, not recording, but writing new stuff. It's not so secret, but no one's really heard it because we, we were refining it and it's not easy stuff. So we all have to learn it. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely difficult stuff to play, and uh, so we want to make sure that everything's perfect. But yeah, we have like four or five songs that are ready to go. Um, they just need the, the last little and up, mm-hmm. and then we can start playing those out. So well, we can't wait to hear them.
1: Yeah, that's really yeah. exciting.
2: And Charmer's just a songwriting machine. We've already got like two or three more songs that's around, since the last record that are written in the past couple of weeks that we wrote. Wow. So yeah
0: how do you how do you keep all this music different music
2: together remembered in your head separated the easier the music is to play the harder it is to remember this is what i'm figuring out Hmm. charmer is definitely a harder band for me to be in than slaco even though charmer is you know i got my little melodic sections that i do but it's it's significantly simpler music to play and I find myself being like, oh, crap, what am I doing? <laughs> and I think that's just a brain thing. Like, hmm, you're forced yeah. to remember this, this ridiculous part. But, you know, oh, I'll remember this, you know, stupid little bar chord. No. <laughs> so um, it just comes from playing them a lot, you know, so you have to play them a ton. I know when Contrarian does, when everybody's in town to, uh, to, to re- um, rehearse, mm. Uh we we're playing the songs over and over and over again, mm-hmm. um, just to get them stuck in your head. And before rehearsals, I'm doing the, I'm down in the basement for two weeks with my headphones on and my guitar um, plugged into my computer and everything, and playing along with the songs that we're playing to make sure that I got the solos down mm-hmm. and I got you know all the rhythms down. Um, Slaco is one of those things that every new song you kind of forget an older song for every new song you put in. Yeah. It, it just takes over your brain. So we're always like, well, let's do this old song, and everyone's just like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to need a minute with that. One. <laughs> yeah. I got to go so, to the bathroom, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, Slacko Slaco is, is just a blast. With those, those guys are just, I mean, I can't imagine a bunch of better guys. And I say that about BML, and I say that about a char- Charmer, too. I mean, it's just um, the people that I've been lucky enough to play with, And be in bands with and never have that ego guy in the band, you know? Yeah. That has to control everything. And um, never had any kind of like, well, I do all the songwriting, so, you know, I I don't, we've never had any of that kind of stuff.
1: You're, that's incredible. Yeah. That's really cool (laughs) because
2: you
0: and everyone you play with and all these bands are really talented. It's crazy
2: that nobody has a big ego and you, I don't know, that's really impressive. Yeah, it, it just comes from a time where people were—I mean, uh, everybody I'm jamming with—they're old like me. So, it's—it's, um, <laughs> you it's, it becomes certainly jaded to certain things mm-hmm. in the music, uh, especially in the local level. Um, and I think you just start to be like relaxed about those things, and you just like, I'm at this age, I'm in it for fun. I'm, you know, I make a, a few dollars here and there, maybe. Mm-hmm more money on equipment way more money than i've ever made on it mm-hmm. um so you just get this realization that it's you're 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 in it for your the fun. fun yeah yeah and that projects to like i could tell if a band is miserable just by watching them play yeah yeah um, if they're not having a good time doing it I can see it on their faces and it, I lose something there yeah. I could see the worst band in the world if they're up there with smiling faces and they're jumping around I'm like I give them a thumbs up I don't care if I hate them or not yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. but if I see like an incredible band and they're all just like miserable and I could tell they're miserable and I could tell they don't want to be doing it mm-hmm. then it takes away something from the experience of watching mm-hmm. so I think like between that and the jadedness of it all we just like um learn to let it go it's just you're, you're it's a hobby yeah you know yeah. Uh, no one's a superstar i think everyone realizes that but yeah even though eric's out you know doing all kinds of crazy stuff with crazy bands he's the most humble guy i've ever met in my entire life yeah, he's you know?
1: a really nice guy um,
2: and he's super sweet guy and he's just uh he's open to everything welcoming to anything anything i write he's just like hell yeah you know there's none of that, I write the songs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So That's Cool. You said, um,
0: I think before we started recording, you were saying that Sulaco and Charmer practice once a week. Yeah. Um, what, how often do you practice just you by yourself?
2: Rarely, because really? I have my PlayStation 4 right where my guitars are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm usually playing uh, Call of Duty with a guitar around my neck, and then between matches, I'm going wheedily-deedily. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> do,
0: you, do you think that playing video games um, helps your dexterity with guitar playing?
2: I, I think so, because I have arthritis. So mm-hmm. I need to it actually yeah and my worst is in my thumbs uh-huh. so um, luckily that doesn't affect my guitar playing a whole lot it being in my thumbs but um, it has go- gone to other fingers and just having constantly moving I'm constantly moving my fingers mm-hmm. especially since my day job I'm sitting at a computer all day mm-hmm. you know I'm constantly cracking them I'm constantly doing you know something with them just to keep them loose otherwise they're just completely tightening up mm-hmm. so that's not the reason why I do it. Why I play video games? I do it because love it's it. fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it definitely helps mm-hmm. just just to have something keeping your fingers busy mm-hmm. because uh, Tylenol and ibuprofen I do so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so can you? Uh, your day job is sounds pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, um, I'm a 3D motion designer. Mostly 3D stuff, some some 2D stuff. Uh, it's a company for um, we. There's two major companies that do what we do, which is uh, cinema advertising, mm-hmm. which is the stuff that you see before trailers start in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, around here in this specific area of the country, or the specific area, I should say there's only a few that run our show Mm -hmm. and they run the other show that's our competitor Mm -hmm. mostly like AMC and Regal and Mm -hmm. stuff run our competitor but um, so we do a lot of just cool like little you know it's not all just trivia and advertising there's little shows within shows that we do that we create and um, yeah so I do a lot of 3d design and 3d lighting and uh, texturing and that kind of stuff
0: Uh, that's really fun yeah
2: creative how'd you get into that uh, I started off as a graphic designer mm-hmm. um, at a t-shirt place mm-hmm. from, like, uh, uh, 90, 94 till 2003. And uh, then I started at this place doing Photoshop work.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And then as technology increased, um, you know, they are like, okay, now we need to make things move. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll learn this. And, and then how do you – now we want 3D stuff. So it just kind of evolved into that whole – where i am now kind of thing that's really cool so i've been there for since 2003 it's a specific job Hmm. and, and um it's just always growing so that's pretty awesome yeah keeps me busy. It keeps me fun. You know, It keeps me creative. Yeah, yeah, But then once I'm out of there, I don't do any creative anything. No. A, <laughs> no. no, no. None of the music no, is creative. No, I'm not making a flyer for you, and I'm not doing your album art. <laughs> I used to do that, but I just can't anywhere. No. I don't even have Photoshop on my computer at home anymore. No. Uh, took that stuff right off.
0: <laughs> um, I remember on Facebook one day we saw you had posted something for... Misery. Yeah, the mis- the set of Misery. Yeah. yeah, And we were both talking to each other. Like, like, what
1: the fuck did this guy yeah. do? <laughs> this is fucking cool.
2: And I'm thinking about what I did at work that day and like <laughs> fucking total bullshit compared <laughs> to this. I had to watch Misery twice in a row and, uh, <laughs> and try to get every little angle of the bedroom to recreate it. Well, it yeah, looked awesome what you did. Yeah, they rejected that. Um, <laughs> uh
1: but it wasn't anything you did, right? No, it
2: was for the Castle Rock show, um, and they didn't give us any direction. So we pitched this idea that I did, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever, whatever. That sounds great." <laughs> and they they get it. They're like, "Well, that's the set from the movie. We're doing a prequel." I'm like, "I, don't, I We're like, "We know that, but the whole idea is that people will get to relate, mm-hmm. you know. So you play this little piece, and then it goes into the trailer." Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they were they were like, oh, we'll do our own thing. So all well, that worked. Weeks and weeks of work for nothing. Wow. <laughs> no, not nothing.
1: Right? Because we talked about it, yeah. and we saw it on right. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, and we checked out the first Castle Roth because you posted that. That's true, yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. we related it to Misery. We were like, oh, this is the prequel to Misery. Yeah. We got to check yeah. it out. No, so true. we started watching it.
2: Yeah, I haven't watched any of that. We
1: only watched it. We got through the first one. We were like, we need a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> And then we like pass that on the couch. <laughs> okay, so you do some side work with guitar restoration, right? Is it restoration yeah. or is it just like custom pickups?
2: No. Well, the custom the custom pickups are um, somebody else, a buddy of mine in Colorado.
1: Oh, I thought you did that.
2: No. no oh, he, okay. He, no, he just did, decided to. I've been buying his pickups for fifteen years. And um, with the Kacharian release and all that, he decided to do a signature pickup for me. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That's
1: what it is. Okay.
2: Yeah, so that's the pickup thing. But I have a shop in my basement. I used to do it way more. To it much, Like every weekend I'd be down there constantly building a guitar or repairing someone's guitar or, yeah. Um, something along those lines. But now I just don't have the time for it much anymore. So for like a select few people. I will still do some guitar repair, and uh, I won't be building any more guitars. No, <laughs> no, no. It's just at least for now. Like I actually had it as a side business, and it was people don't understand time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and it got to be it, it actually made it unfun for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, the thought of working on a guitar, someone else's guitar these days, just I'm like mm-hmm. devastated. No. I don't want to yeah. do it. Where before, when I first started, I was all like, "Yes, this yeah. is great." Um, it just turned into something that became a negative thing in my brain, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. But yeah. I kept everything in my shop, the majority of stuff in my shop, so I can do everything still mm-hmm. if it comes up.
1: So who were we talking to at the bug jar that one day they were, that they were like, "Oh my god, Brian Mason, so awesome! He took this guitar that was all fucked up."
0: Mm. I don't I remember, remember who was it was. Of those. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that conversation, but... I don't remember who it was. Yeah, I don't either. But somebody was, like, so flattered yeah. by your work.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: yeah. I don't remember who it was, though. We talked to so many people.
2: Yeah, I have I have polished a few turds and made them <laughs> actually really, really good guitars. <laughs> I mean, I've had someone come in with a guitar that was completely... It was all glitter, and the fretboard was popping up, and uh, the body was broken in half, and I just I kept all the gaudy art that was on it, and I just fixed everything and did a fret level on it, and got it all set up, put new hardware on it, and it played great. Ugliest thing. <laughs> Ugliest thing you'd ever see. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he still has it floating around. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was... <laughs> I've, I've gotten some really crappy guitars and just upgraded some parts and set them up or whatever to make them really nice guitars. Yeah. So. What? Yeah. Sorry. What are the custom pickups? Uh, They are the BG... Uh, Buckers mm-hmm. is the name. Um, this guy out in Colorado, he runs on 100% solar power, hmm. um, both in his household and in his shop, or 100% solar power. And uh, he custom winds, like, uh, you can order right off his site. It takes, like, four to six weeks to get a pickup because he custom winds each one as he gets them in. Um, and he's got, like... All kinds of different pickups, not just the Hellebucker, He's got single coils, P90s, all that stuff. Huh, that's cool. And um, yeah, and he will. If you're just like, well, I have this alder body and this neck, and I kind of want to pick up the sound like this, and he will fine tune the windings and magnets and kind of wire and everything to get exactly what it is that you want. That's so cool. it's worth worth the wait for the pickups. Uh, that's cool. Yeah.
5: <coughs>
2: How I've, did
1: you connect with him?
2: One of my old nerdy guitar boards. He just started up his business one day and was started like, "Hey, I'm making pickups." And I was just like, "Do you have anything, in, you know, super hot that doesn't sound hot?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I do actually." <laughs> so, oh, that's uh, cool. I've been using them since yeah, since he started. So yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, he's 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 a great dude, and um, his pickups. I mean, they're. His pickups are in every single one of my guitars except for my two Stratocasters. And I forgot how many guitars I have. <laughs>
1: yeah, you have a ton of guitars. I think you just recently posted a picture.
2: Yeah, well yeah, the purple Charvel. Is it the purple one?
1: No, you showed like a rack of guitars, like it was guitar uh, center. Yeah. But cooler. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, well I fell in love with Charvel guitars and I ended up, you know, getting a through a few through contrarian. And then and bought a couple of myself just because I love them so much. Yeah. And um, so I end up with way more guitars than I need.
1: That's all right. Yeah.
2: Well, sometimes I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that holds on to things I don't use, but those guitars I love so much, all the guitars I have right now, I'm keeping. So yeah. <laughs> um, I've never I've never been like that. I've always just like that guitar hasn't been used in three months. So I have to sell it. You know? <laughs> so, somebody needs to use it because it's an instrument. You know, but. <laughs> No, every single guitar I have right now, I love. That's so, cool. And the Charvels are—they were made for me. Yeah. So.
0: Did you, when you first started playing, did you have uh, an inspiration as, like, in a guitar player? But
2: yeah, I mean, the usuals. Uh, Eddie Van Halen was my, obviously. I mean, he was the one that was most unique mm-hmm. and. Most what everybody wanted to sound like, and of course, Ingve, I learned a lot of Ingvae yeah. when that, you know, when that Rising Force record came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was with Tony McAlpine's Vinnie Moore's, and you know, all the Shredders, Chris and mm-hmm. Um, but then, it, you know, I in the early '90s, I transitioned over to David Gilmore mm-hmm. and uh, um, Steve Hackett and Steve Howe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those kind of More '70s prog type players. Um, All three of those are vastly different players, Mm -hmm. but there's you know, and they sound so unique and did unique things. But they're all incredible Mm -hmm. in their own little little way. Mm -hmm. So, um, I try to get a little bit of that shreddy stuff in my solos, and then put a little bit of that bluesy, uh, pentatonic based stuff in there. I can hear that. And um, try to get a a nice match. I I never want to seem too shreddy, even though I'll rip out an arpeggio here and there. Um, I'm not the best at them.
0: so <laughs> oh, What I've heard has been pretty impressive.
2: Well, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just follow the patterns and with those and, you, put, you know, you get good at one but bad at another. You put, <laughs> put GuitarBot 666 to shame.
1: Yeah, you did. GuitarBot. <laughs> with a little pink guitar. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, we were talking way before the doors even opened and he was, uh, uh, he was just like I do this thing. He's like, it works in some cities and doesn't work in other cities. He's sitting there eating noodles or something. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I do this guitar competition. And he's like, and because they're machines, no one ever wants to do it. Or sometimes they do it and it just doesn't work out. And I'm like, well, I'm like, if no one else does it, I will go up there and do it. He's like, you sure? I'm like, okay. He's like, you're going against a robot. I'm like, whatever. Who cares? If I, if he beats yeah, me, he beats me. Like, if he does. Yeah. He's like, I'm giving you a tiny guitar. I'm like, all guitars look tiny on me. I'm a big guy. <laughs> so I, I, I'm at, you know, the show is packed, but I see Chris Arp there. I see, you know, I see a bunch of shredders, a dude from Divinex, and, you know, I'm like. All yeah, these...
1: nobody stood, nobody, yeah, nobody raised their hand.
2: I'm like, at least, uh, Arp, come on, Chris. <laughs> So he was about ready to give up, and he's just like, all right, well, I'll screw you guys. I'm going to go to the next song. I'm like, screw it. I'll go off. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the last thing I wanted to do. but Well, thank you. It was fun. Oh, it was so yeah. fun, though. <laughs> it was really fun. I mean, it was great. It was, yeah. So, I mean, the, the guitar was somewhat in tune, so it helped. Getting my giant fingers in between those frets was a little tough. <laughs> that was a tiny guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tiny pink guitar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah this guy yeah. The, every time I looked back at him he just had like this, yeah. the biggest grin on his face I loved it. That, that was a really awesome show was, yeah. like the entire show like the energy it was packed
2: it was a very happy show everyone yeah. was smiling yeah. the whole night yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean that lineup with dysrhythmia and behold and yeah, uh, yeah it was just it was a very musical lineup yeah was just like, everybody was just like in awe the whole time it was just great
1: Yeah. So. And we, oh, we got so close to leaving because mm. it was a school night.
2: Yeah.
5: yeah,
1: as you know, yeah, it was a Tuesday night. Yeah. And we get all of us get up like ridiculously early, um, and we were like, "Should we leave?" We were having such a good time. We were like, "Fuck it, we can't leave." Yeah. And we almost left right before you went up there with that tiny guitar. Yeah. And we were like, "Thank God we didn't yeah. leave." <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And then we talked about it on the way home. We had just seen Van Halen a few weeks, but po- no. Van Halen, Iron Maiden. Iron a Maiden. few weeks before that, yeah. we were like, "Oh my God, that was almost better than Iron yeah. Maiden." It was a
0: great, it was a great show.
1: Yeah, the entire show was. There fantastic. was like just
0: some really cool chemistry. I don't know, it was, I loved
2: it.
1: The crowd was like, like you said, just everyone smiling, really happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Everyone knew each other that night.
2: Yeah, and I, I had my second wind after like t- two captured by Robot songs. I'm like, this is amazing. I have to. That's what happened to yeah. us too.
1: We yeah. were like, oh man, should we leave? Like it's so late. We have to be up and like three hours and we we're like no we can't leave yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah that
1: was a cool show it
2: was yeah it was worth stand up for
1: yeah it was that was a brutal the, that day. was one of the
2: shows where i saw that we were tacked on that that uh, Slocko was on that show and i was just like this show is gonna be amazing yeah I, mean, I, I just knew i was a little worried about it being a tuesday or whatever it was but um it, yeah, <laughs> that was unwarranted i mean it was packed from the beginning so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: there yeah, were a lot of people there that night.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, how many Death Fests have you played? Uh, let's see. Slaco played Maryland Death Fest in 2010. I remember that well because Jucifer played after us, and they played for literally five minutes because they took up most of their time setting up her guitar cabinets that they had to have on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and then tearing them down. Oh. Like they wouldn't compromise. It was hilarious.
1: So they uh, got to play for five minutes.
2: Yeah. L- l- about five, 10 minutes maximum. The stage manager was just going insane. Um,
1: they were on a tight ship at that festival. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Yes.
2: laughs> but that was great because Tomb is played before us. Uh, Fuck the Facts played slightly after us. I mean, that, that was a great night. DRI headline that night, I believe. Uh, I saw like Gorguts that night. Um, so that pentagram, you know, it was, it yeah. was, like, it was a great night. Yeah. And uh, then we played, we didn't play again until, well, we played the Quebec Death Fest two Octobers ago.
1: So how was that compared to yeah. Maryland?
2: Very small. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, the venues they selected were weird. There was like one giant auditorium. One medium sized place and one tiny little place. Mm. And the tiny little place was about a mile away from the other two. Oh, that sucks. So, yeah, um, I got to see X Horder for five minutes while we were searching for somebody through one of the <laughs> venues, which was cool. I was kind of stoked, I was stoked about that. But um, it was, yeah, it's definitely smaller. Uh, Maryland Death Fest is now especially just gigantic, mm-hmm. and there's so many people there. Yeah. Sea of black shirts to scare everybody. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, and we played Maryland Death Fest last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were there. Yeah,
1: we didn't see you though. We only saw Eric, right? We might. No, I think we only saw Eric.
2: We
0: we scheduled last year weird, and we didn't see everyone we wanted to see. All the bands. Remember, we were like there for.
1: Yeah, we didn't get like the all inclusive we pass. A day and a half or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. We'll do better this yeah, year. Yeah,
2: <laughs> We've already planned for it. Slack <laughs> yeah, with a bunch of old people, so we, we explored the Inner Harbor a lot and avoided the death fest. <laughs> <laughs> we went over there quite a few times, yeah, too. It's cool over there. Yeah. yeah. Really Us cool old place.
1: people need breaks from <laughs> yeah. all that energy. It's tiring.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, we've done that, and um, I think this, those are the only ones that we've done when I was in the band. Before before I joined the band, they did a few. They did like Hellfest or something like that, or a couple other things. Hmm. But uh,
1: do you like playing those bigger festivals?
2: They're they're fun, except it's a lot of work for just you know a half hour. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if at least you're on your if you're on tour, you're doing it you know consistently, and it's a lot of work again for a half hour, but. To, to go down to Maryland just to play a half hour is, it's it's fun, but it's it's at the same time kind of draining.
1: Taxing, yeah. yeah.
2: And the the, the, the fests are so strict with the times, and yes. you know, and th- that can lead to personality issues with stage managers and sound yep. guys and stuff. Didn't experience that at all. Either, any, any of the, sh- the times that I went, but um, you could tell when people were grumpy, you know. <laughs> like, the last year, uh, uh, the guy was miking my um, cabinet, and he's like, and I'm just like being nice. I'm like, where do you typically like your stage volume to be? He's like, look at me. I'm like, what? He's like, I don't give a shit. Like, okay. So this is how this is gonna go. <laughs> <get. laughs> but he laughed afterwards. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> seven it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, do you know? They're, they're fun experiences, but they're they're just. Uh, it, every once in a while kind of thing I think. yeah I yeah. get
1: it yeah I totally get that
2: do you notice uh like new fans popping up after you play a big festival like that yeah we always get compliments um uh, Slako's strange because we're not a big band but in certain circles we are mm-hmm. um and like uh, you know Chris has a story actually I have a story with the same dude. With contrarian but when they played um uh quebec metal fest there's this dude uh alex cohen drummer ridiculously good drummer and um he's he's playing with malignancy right now Mm -hmm. but he is like insane good and uh he came up to chris and was like fanboying over chris (laughs) And oh, Chris that's is like, so really? Cool. He's like, this is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when we played, when Ketrarian played St. Vitus, I introduced myself to him and he's like, dude, I know you're in Slotko. I love you guys oh. so much. I'm just like, really? Cool. <laughs> you know, so um, we get a lot of that kind of like, I get a lot of, I've heard of you guys. Mm-hmm. I have to check you mm-hmm. out too. Uh, um, I've, I've known you guys for years, listened to all your music, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would say, that we get at least you know a few new people to check things out for sure that you hear about yeah because they're they're literally just like that was great i haven't ever heard anything like that or because we're a little unique when it comes to the death fest type bands that usually play i'm sure there's a ton of people behind the scenes that you never hear from that are
0: right secretly loving your stuff oh Yeah. yeah totally yeah yeah so i can't wait to record with them again we are definitely looking forward to it too yeah um so let's play a couple more songs. Okay. Uh, before we play them, I want to just remind people that all everything we're playing today is available on Bandcamp. Yep. And uh, you should...
1: We'll, we'll tag all the bands, yeah. like we always do on Facebook, so you have a way to get to them, yes. like their page.
0: Exactly. And um, most of them, I don't think all of them, but most, you can name your own price. So everyone should go and show, show some love to the Brian Mason Projects.
1: All right, let's play some Contrarian. We're going to listen to The Curse off of their third full-length release, Their Worm Never Dies, and that's on Willowtip.
0: Then after that, we're going to hear Charmer with Victoria, and that is off of their latest release, which is called Warbirds.
3: Let us draw by reality.
0: have a most
2: memorable um, performance? I do. <laughs> uh, it was probably um, BML put on a show. We were going to record a DVD. Mm-hmm. We put it on at Water Street Music mm-hmm. Hall. We had Slaco before I was in the band. Um, Slacco I want to say a band called Fall Guy and the Isotopes. Mm-hmm. So it was a bunch of fairly large bands at the time. And we got 600 something people Mm -hmm. in the place. We were headlining and we had, uh, typically we were like all these ideas in our head about how we're gonna make this entertaining for a DVD. So (laughs) we had all these lights and weird things that our buddy who was an engineer came up with all this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, between bands we had a burlesque show going on, (laughs) which was awesome and everybody loved it. And we had hired cheerleaders. Mm To go up and cheer her and her son, and the first cheerleader we see get up on stage is a dude, <laughs> <laughs> and he does his backflip and everything. And m- m- Toby, our bass player, is like, "That's a dude. We want to <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, so we were playing up this whole time with this. I think the dude only did. Like in the very beginning, uh-huh. but we would say they were, you know, and I, I can't really say anything about, but they were not so fit, cheerleaders, <laughs> <up on stage laughs> the entire show, and uh, it was just a very memorable <laughs> thing, just because of the, the amount of people yeah. there too and how fun it was, but just these cheerleaders behind us, there, <laughs> uh, it was, it was definitely the most memorable That's thing great. that I can remember. <laughs> yeah. So where's that DVD? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I we had issues with the people who produced it, but um, I did get the tapes finally, I want to say like three years ago. Um, the show happened in like 2006 or seven or something like that. So that tells you how long they held on to those tapes. Wow. Um, I did get them uh, digitized and everything. And, uh, I put one song together and put it up on YouTube, but I ended up taking it down for a reason that I'm not going to talk about, okay. but, uh, <laughs> right. I, I, do intend to go back and, uh, find another tune to, to, you know, get all edited and everything and put back up. Oh, like, we'd you know. love to yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Good time.
1: <laughs> so does that couple is your most embarrassing show too, or no?
2: I'm sure I've had way more embarrassing moments, (laughs) (laughs) but, and I wasn't even embarrassed about the cheerleader thing. I think I was embarrassed for my bass player who did look (laughs) embarrassed about (laughs) it. Um, well we did in, and this, (laughs) we did end up, um, doing a birthday show for somebody in East Rochester at a place called the cellar door. Um, it was a birthday show for a good friend, the same manager from the eighties who Oh okay. You know, yeah. I, I've kept up with her for yeah, you know, I'm still friends with her. So um, we did her birthday show and it was just a surprise that um, it was a total gay bar, which is you know, that that wasn't the issue. The issue is you go in the bathroom and the the urinals were facing each other <laughs> 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 Huh <laughs> And, uh, you know, I think there was a few people that came down to see us that probably objected to the whole gay bar thing. Um, and, yeah, so it was a very awkward show, I'll say that much, but I wasn't embarrassed by it. But it was just, like, it was a very strange, awkward show for us, definitely. <laughs> and it, Probably because, we, you know, uh, everybody at the bar looked bored as hell that, you know, that we were playing. They were like, what the hell are these people doing? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so... Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> would you like to look into somebody's eyes when you take a nope. piss no
5: no you don't De- want to do definitely that? not <laughs> not their eyes or anything Why? else yeah. <laughs> very strange bathroom hey
0: if that's where you're into that's fine but I would rather not personally <laughs> not gonna judge though I'd like
2: to be given the option, though. I, if, it, if that was the only option. Just, a
1: facing and a non-facing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't
2: remember how many. I think there was only two urinals in there, and that was the yeah. case. It was like, oh, all right, so one at a time then? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> Rotating urinals. I always
0: joke about shitting in a urinal. Definitely don't want to shit in one of those urinals. No.
1: <laughs> well, I think somebody doesn't want to be taking a piss while you're shitting in the urinal. Maybe. <laughs>
5: or maybe the other way around. Well, uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> all right, we're going off the rails. All right, this, yeah, it's this got weird. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Brian, do you have a? Um, do you have as a spectator? Do you have a, a favorite
2: concert you've seen? Um, local or national? Either one. Um, nothing will be. 2006 David Gilmore at the uh, Radio City Music Hall mm. um, that was a concert that beat all concerts um, and uh, on, honestly just a couple weeks ago King Diamond mm. that was one of the most amazing things I've seen in a long time So that's cool um, yeah Did he, <laughs> I've seen some,
0: uh, some pictures of his tour does he have does he bring grandma out on stage at one point
2: oh yeah grandma's there there. yeah they have an actress that does all the little you know uh odd parts in there but uh yeah stage setup is cool his voice is ridiculous now Mm -hmm. um you know i've seen him many 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 times and he towards the end of the early 2000s he started becoming terrible Mm um to the point of unlistenable Mm -hmm. Um, so I stopped going to his concerts, but he's uh, definitely got his shit together again, and uh, he, he's in his 60s and he sounds better. He sounds better than he did in 90, in 87 when I mm. saw him on the Abigail tour. That's cool, by far. So it was re- really good, and I got to see my one of my favorite guitar players, Andy LaRocque, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the other guy, Mike Weed, was really good too. So yeah, it was just a great show. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Envious. And, and Eric yeah. had a time of his life. he he never seen King Diamond before, so he got to see a good King Diamond well, that's show, good. which was good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Besides all this stuff, um, the guitar restoration and all these bands and video, video games, video games <laughs> and your graphic design at work. What is there? Any other like? Is there anything else that we'd find like odd hobbies or any
2: interests that you have? I am extremely in love with super pretentious horror type thriller oh. movies. Oh. And they gotta be good and weird. and. Um,
1: so, like, give us an
2: example. The Witch is my favorite movie. To, I'm wearing a witch shirt. Uh, uh, the Witch is probably my favorite movie in the past 10 years to come out. Wow. Yeah. And most people hate it.
0: Really? I, yeah. I've heard a few people say how great it was.
2: We haven't seen it yet, but no, it's a thinker. It's a sleeper. It's very, very slow moving. It's very hard to understand because they say you know it's old English Fortnite language. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's it's. I can see if you're expecting some kind of like horror movie, jump scare movie, mm-hmm. you're you're going to be completely disappointed. Mm-hmm. But if you want a thinker, where you watch the movie and you're just like, I need to ponder upon that for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Then um, those are the kind of movies I like. Um, Really, I I, you get too abstract, where I start to lose interest. Um, But I have a role if it's written by written or produced by the the people who did Insidious Mm -hmm. or Paranormal Activity or The Conjuring, I don't watch Mm -hmm. it because I'm going to hate it. (laughs) it's not because they're I mean I think they're not good movies Mm -hmm. they may be very well good movies but they're just that type of horror is so like old school to Mm -hmm. me and cheap Mm -hmm. um I actually did watch The Nun and I'm just like how are people liking this I don't understand (laughs) (laughs) I understand she's scary looking but that's about it that's like the only thing that's scary Mm -hmm. Yeah. so uh I, I like like really just think there's a movie out that came out um this summer called Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Um, that I like that one a lot. Um, I don't know. I watch so many of them, they get scrambled in my head, yeah. so I can't even like really spew them out. But but I also watched The Lion King, the remake of it. It's one of my favorite stories ever, and I thought they did a brilliant job with the, the remake. We haven't seen that. Quote, unquote, live action yeah. version of it. We haven't seen that yet either.
1: Yeah, we have that. Oh, it's I'm great. Sure
2: we will. I mean, it's pretty much shot for shot exact, but it just looks mm-hmm. real. Yeah. So, they added a couple more jokes, and then that's about it. Hmm. Um,
1: Do you think he would like Us?
2: I did not like Us. You didn't like Us? I despised that movie. I thought it was stupid. (laughs) I thought the story was stupid. I thought it was... I don't Poorly acted on some level. Not necessarily the family themselves, but... The screwed up family, which yeah. ended up not being the screwed up one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the whole Hands Across America thing really irked me. It really irked me.
1: Yeah, he didn't like it either very much. Yeah. He's like, I don't get it.
2: Like, but I liked Get Out. Mm. I thought that was unique. Yeah, that was a good dark movie. Dark and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Us did nothing for me. Yeah, him too. <laughs>
1: he w- actually didn't like it so much. He's like, I need to do research on it because I don't even like understand it. Like, He checked out like halfway through the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't get the hands. I'm like, come on, really? I actually watched it
2: one and a half times because I didn't make it halfway through. And as soon as the song Fuck the Police came on, I'm like, I've had it. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) But then my girlfriend wanted to watch it. So I watched the whole thing. And I'm like, that's even worse. I'm like, it's even worse than I thought. (laughs) 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 I mean, it did get me. I did it expect that little twist but I just didn't care about yeah, the twist yeah. like. that, I think that's where he yeah. was
1: like by the time yeah. the twist came he's like I don't even care about it anymore yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. you're notorious for falling asleep during movies uh,
1: alright I, rem- <laughs> I didn't fall asleep during that one
0: no he didn't I remember <laughs> one, I don't know why this one is the most memorable to me but um, years ago I made her watch The Unforgiven Clint Eastwood yes Mm-hmm. She fell asleep right in the beginning, and then as the credits <laughs> were rolling at the end, she wakes up and she is like, "Ah, oh, this fucking movie sucked. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't even see it, any
2: of it." <laughs> Yeah, was funny. I don't do Westerns, so I probably would have felt the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Same outnumbered here, but <laughs> I'm sure it's a good movie Quinn Eastwood is a good director. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was good
0: for what it was, but
2: you don't like Westerns, then Yeah, I'm not a Westerns kinda of, Even Westworld kinda of, I, I had I watched the first season but then I just kinda of fell off of mm-hmm. that as interesting as a story that is i'm just like it's western mm. i get sick of it i don't know what it is no I'm did you watch it. sharp object
0: by any chance mm, yes yeah. uh
2: when it first came out i watched it and then i forgot about mm. it so i have like um my girlfriend would be watching it, and i remember like little parts of it but i that's another one i want to Probably we watch because I like that. Yeah, the the end of the last the episode end. is yeah. fucking mind. I think blown. you would actually yeah. really like yeah. it. I can't remember. I, I fill my stuff, my brain with so much stuff as far as movies go that I, like I can't tell you what I watched two days mm-hmm. ago. That's how I am with music.
1: <laughs> I'm like, what? Yes. What was that band called? I don't know. <laughs> but I like them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should rewatch that. That was that was a good one.
2: That was really good.
1: And I think it has, like, that element yeah. that you like.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it was, uh, there's a couple anthologies. Here. Uh, room 104. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. Some of them aren't good. Some of them are great. And it all just takes place in one hotel room mm-hmm. throughout yeah. different periods. of Like, one episode is even before the hotel's built, but it's in a section where that room would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things. But some of them are just, like, this is too arty or, mm-hmm. you know. Cheesy, yeah, it's, yeah. It, but it's interesting. It, I really, I watch every one of those.
1: Yeah, um, what about Black Mirror? Do you like Black Mirror?
2: I'm losing faith in it.
1: We haven't even checked out the last season because everyone did not rave about it. Yeah,
0: it's okay. I thought the first two seasons were good, though.
2: Yeah, the first two seasons were really good. The third season I thought was good too, but. Yeah, it just lost the whole idea. Okay, I get it, technology's bad. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. we just heard Sulaco with Rivers and Heart off of The Prize, which is on Translation Loss. And then we heard another BML song, Foamy Orange Earplugs, off of That Their Dog's a Chicken. Um, And speaking of Sulaco, we have to mention their After Christmas Massacre show on the 27th at the Bug Jar with Clibus and Short Attention Span Theater. Yes, which we're really looking forward to. We sure are. We just have to get through the fucking holidays yeah, first—the <laughs> <laughs> brutal holidays.
0: <laughs> so, other than your show at the Bug Jar on the twenty seventh, what else do we have to look forward to?
2: Yeah, I mean Slako's going in the studio in February, late February. Okay. Um, I can't imagine it taking too long for something to come out from that. Um. Some kind of EP of some sort to showcase Mm. Jay, our new singer. Mm -hmm. And uh, Katrarian is recording now, which usually takes a few months to get everyone's piece down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Charmer, I'm sure by summer we'll have a whole new album ready. That's crazy. (laughs) Cool. I mean, uh, Charlie, the other guitar player in Charmer, he's just, he writes like 40 songs a day, it feels like sometimes. It's insane. So. Yeah, for every one or two songs I write, he's got like 15 or 16. But <laughs> it's crazy. I always just blame it on, well, I have Sulaco songs to learn, yeah. I have Contrarian songs to <laughs> Leave learn. Leave me alone, guys. And I still have four songs to go with yours to learn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is there any chance of us seeing Contrarian around here?
2: Um, possibly. Okay,
1: yeah. cool.
2: Possibly. Um, I won't say for sure. But uh, it's all up to Jim, whatever Jim wants to do. Where whatever is the Jim? Booking... Is he here? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jim. Jim's here. Um, and our booking agent has a lot to do with it, too. So um, whatever the tour package we gets on, if they come to Rochester, then we'll definitely be on it. So, but just because of the way everyone being so scattered with Bryce being in Texas and... Uh, um, him always on tour with some other band. Um, we really have to. There will never be like a one-off contrarian show.
5: Okay. Around here anymore. Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah. Uh, we did that. We did a few shows. We opened up for Mastodon. We opened up for Heat Eternal. And we were actually supposed to open up for Nile, but there's a little band turmoil at that point. So we. And that would have been perfect because since George Elios was right there. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, there was a... At that point, that that little... Those few gigs we did really didn't feel good for anybody. So we didn't... Uh, didn't
1: pursue. We didn't
2: pursue that, yeah. doing that again. Um. So, yeah, we just... Uh, the, the band was actually in hiatus that because of those shows. It was just a little bit too much... Uh, just didn't feel right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We, we kind of... I mean, we had a great drummer in. I mean, we got... Um, good bass player and we and uh cody was singing everything this was before george started singing but it just to me it never felt right i was just like i'll do it again if george does it again you know george will do it but i'm not going to initiate anything yeah yeah george is like i'll do it if you guys come play festivals over you know in greece or whatever (laughs) well like i'm definitely not feeling that great about the band to (laughs) greece and new festivals but um yeah, but now that we have a like an actual band, it's a little simpler without George being in the band. But um, still, we got to get Bryce up from Texas yeah, and have yeah. Bryce be open. Yep, <laughs> his schedule opens. So uh, I'm sure, if not here, it'll be Buffalo, Syracuse, whatever package we end up on. So we have a few packages we're trying to get on right now for summer. All right, cool,
0: yeah. cool. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. So just to recap, the, the Brian Mason band. Yes. <laughs> Sulaco, next few months maybe some new material. Yep. Uh, summertime material probably for Charmer, and then yeah. end of twenty twenty is Contrarian.
2: That's my best okay. guess. Yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because once the records, especially with Willow, with Contrarian, once the record's done, it has to go through a lot of. You know the whole record company release yeah. date v- vinyl pressing t-shirt merchandise right, grab, right. so it takes forever well, so um i imagine that we'll be done recording it at the in probably march uh done mixing it probably at the end of april or may and then i would expect probably a december or early january 21 release of that record
0: awesome yeah looking forward to all that
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know how you keep up. <laughs> no idea. All right, I think we're good. All right, all righty. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Short Thank notice. Thank you so much for the yeah. opportunity. I know you have a lot going on, but we love you. Wow. We love going to Sorako yes. shows. We love listening to all your other crazy projects. <laughs> yeah. We hope to see all of them live.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'll have to send you links to the stuff you haven't heard yet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, please do.
1: Yeah, please do. We won't share it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. All right.